Hey, this is your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle. Drop the chips, make physically fit protein snacks part of your daily gold medal routine. They're high in protein, made from 100% all-natural real chicken meat and organic plant protein. Air-baked, low in net carbs, and taste insanely delicious. Grab a bag today and enjoy curbing your hunger with a crispy crunch and intelligent real food protein snack. Now you and your family can reach the gold with Physically Fit. Now available in 11 great flavors. Visit physicallyfit.com. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. I don't know what makes my day reading the reviews from savewithconrad.com. John in Lincoln, California left us a five-star review that said this was the easiest and most professional loan company we've ever worked with. Larry, Philip, and Holly were professional and friendly, making sure we understood every step of the process and answering all of our questions in a timely manner. We knocked one and a half points off of our interest rate, took cash out to pay down debt and repairs, and our payment didn't increase. Amazing team, amazing experience. Thank you. No, thank you, John. I appreciate the kind words. Here's the thing, man. We want to get you the best rate possible, but more importantly, we want to set you up for those long-term goals. Don't you want to pay your house off faster? Wouldn't it be cool to do it with cheaper monthly payments? If you've got debt, it's up to you how you pay it back. At SaveWithConrad.com, my family will help your family do just that. We're going to get you the best rate possible, the greatest tax deduction possible, get you out of debt as fast as possible with the cheapest monthly payments possible. And it's all possible at SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Seriously, get yourself a quick quote right now. We're routinely helping our listeners save 60, 70, 80, even $100,000 worth of unnecessary interest. But how much can you save? Find out right now for free at SaveWithConrad.com. Welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. I want to thank everybody out there for listening to my podcast. We have a great show planned for you today. We'll be covering WrestleMania 22 and everything leading up to it. My match with Rey Mysterio and Randy Orton. And now I'm going to introduce to you none other than my co-host, the man with the tough questions, Conrad Thompson. How are you doing today, Conrad? Man, I'm great. Thanks for having me today. And I appreciate the opportunity to talk a little WrestleMania 22, or I guess as it was called back then, WrestleMania big time. Yes, it was. I'm ready to go, man. Whenever you're ready. It happened on April 2nd, 2006. So here we are, gosh, 15 years later, uh, that night we had 17,155 fans paying a two and a half million dollar gate at the Allstate arena or as it was once known, the Rosemont horizon, we've heard stone cold over the years, Kurt, talk about this being one of his favorite buildings to wrestle in. Uh, and he, he attributes a lot of that to the wood ceiling. He said the sound would reverberate down and it just felt like it was a livelier, more, uh, fun experience for the performers in the ring. Would you agree with that assessment for this building? 
Yes, it was. The, the acoustics were incredible. You know, the, the ceiling uh, did make a huge effect on the, you know, on the arena. Uh, the fans are right on top of you. You could fit almost 20,000 fans in that arena. arena. And it's one of the best arenas in the world to, to, to perform in. And I, no doubt in my mind, it's, it's definitely one of the best. Since we're talking about uh, WrestleMania right now, I want to mention that this show, along with Madison Square Garden, or this arena rather, along with Madison Square Garden, have both hosted three WrestleManias. And the last WrestleMania uh, to not be held in a stadium is this show, of course, until last year during the pandemic. But did it feel a little weird after you've worked or, or you've seen some of these monster venues like 17 and 18? I mean, these are domes. And now we're in a, a more, I don't know, reasonably sized arena. Did you prefer the open air or, or stadiums or the domes, or did you like the acoustics and the intimacy of a smaller building like this? The stadium shows are awesome. I mean, getting 70, 80,000 fans there and, you know, it's really impressive looking and, and the show is incredible, but you don't have a connection with the fans. They seem so far away, right? You're in an arena match for WrestleMania. The fans are right on top of you. You can connect with them. It's it's a lot more exciting show. And the pyro and everything, all the explosions are a lot louder. And it, there's a bigger effect to the arena show. So I like the arena shows better. The uh, the show does really well on pay-per-view, WrestleMania 22, that is. 975,000 buys. That is down a little bit from the prior year. But it's still really, really strong on pay-per-view. It did better than WrestleMania 15, WrestleMania 2000, and even WrestleMania 18 and 19. I know you're probably not keeping up with with ratings and, and pay-per-view buy rates as an in-ring competitor, but do you notice when a show does better or worse on pay-per-view when it comes to the payoffs? Well, you know, if if that that's the only effect that we have as performers is we we don't we're not responsible for you know how many pay-per-view buys they do or or whatever but we get paid more if there are higher pay-per-view buys and if there's a bigger house drying so that's how we find out but we we don't know you know how many buys there are after WrestleMania we we only know be by the numbers that we get when we get paid yeah. I mean, it feels like, uh, we fans and, and obviously the wrestling quote unquote media really talk a lot about the ratings and the, and the, and the buy rates. And I understand if you're covering the business, but from a performer standpoint, yeah, it's, did we do did I make more money or less money? And that's kind of the end of the conversation, right? Right. And, and all WrestleMania is successful because the athletes put on their best performances of the year. So all WrestleMania are considered a huge success and it's the one show of the year. It's our biggest show. And it's the one year, one show of the year that we can uh, celebrate the whole entire year. All right. Heads up boys and girls, our pal and Grammy nominated artist Wale has announced an official apparel partnership with WWE along with foot action. The very first Wale Mania capsule was designed with Wale, and it's going to launch during WrestleMania week and feature some of the greatest black champions of all time. There will not only be apparel available online from the greats of today, like Kofi Kingston and Sasha Banks, but also legends like Booker T, Mark Henry, and Ron Simmons. Damn. Wale Mania launches on April 7th. Follow at foot action for more details. 
And I got to tell you, man, I'm pretty hyped up about this. Wale has been a big supporter, not only of professional wrestling, but of our podcast for years. And now he's got to deal with foot action. Come on, man. You love wrestling as much as I do, or you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. And who doesn't want to style and profile? Seriously, this is a big deal. Make sure you follow at foot action at Wale and use the hashtag Wale mania, or just check out hashtag Wale mania and see what's causing all this. Wale mania launches on April 7th. You got to follow at foot action for more details, but man, this is so cool. And we are so glad to be a part of Wale mania coming to foot action. Kofi Kingston, Sasha Banks, Booker T, Mark Henry, and Ron Simmons. Damn. Wale mania is a WrestleMania tradition. And this year, it's no different. Check it out right now. Use that hashtag Wale Mania and be sure to follow at Foot Action and at Wale to get the lowdown on all the new t shirts and hoodies and everything else that Wale's got going on. Because let me assure you, if Wale's involved, it's going to be cool. It's at Wale, at Foot Action, and hashtag Wale Mania just in time for WrestleMania. And it launches April 7th. For whatever reason, uh, when we just recently covered this with uh, Bruce Pritchard, we talked about the Saturday night's main event where it's been dusted off. This is really a, a shelved concept. We all grew up on them as lifelong wrestling fans, but they bring it back here in 2006 to NBC and the rating is disappointing. You know, once upon a time, it set all kinds of records when they had Hulk Hogan and Andre the giant back in 88, but that's not the case here. It's been off the air for 15 years. And the rating comes in at a 3.11. Uh, and this is a show that features the return of Steve Austin and Jim Ross. So they were expecting a lot more people to tune in. By the way, these days we don't talk ratings points. We talk about total number of viewers. Well, we had 5.15 million viewers and that was considered a disappointment. And that tells you a lot about how TV has even changed because if SmackDown gets 3 million people now, boy, it's high fives all around and it's on broadcast TV every week. Um, do you think that there is something to the, uh, I don't know. There's a vocal minority of folks who say there are fewer people watching wrestling right now than ever before, but perhaps they're more passionate and more willing to spend money than ever before. Do you think there are less people watching wrestling today in 2021, Kurt? Well, I, I really don't know. I can't really judge that call, but I could tell you that, you know, um, there are a lot more options on TV and there are a lot more networks and live streaming. There's just so much more going on now that TV ratings have fallen, I think across the board for every show. Um, you know, uh, there are a lot of shows that do extremely well, but, um, for, for the most part, if you're going to compare them to the eighties and nineties, where you only had four or five networks, uh, you're going to see a, a drop in ratings because of, there are more options now. Let's talk about something else that the company was dropping here. It makes the observer that uh, the company is going to be cutting back on their limo services for this WrestleMania, WrestleMania 22. I know that sounds like a silly thing, but apparently it got out of control the prior year in LA to the point that the bill just for limo services to and from the hotel and the airports and all that for the talent was over $115,000, which is just unbelievable. When you think about it, do you remember there being certain things like this during your WWE run there, where there would be a meeting and Hey guys, I hate to be the bear of bad news, but we've got to cut back X. Do you remember that? Or this limos piece of business in particular? 
No, I, I never heard of that. They never discussed it with the talent. I think that was more of an office thing. Uh, you know, having $115,000 for limo services at one pay-per-view is just unbelievable. <laughs> so I understand why they did it, but they still had car services uh, to pick everybody up. It just uh, weren't any more stretch limos. Right. Let's, uh, let's keep it going here and talk a little bit about the, the infamous after party. We fans have heard for a long time that WrestleMania after parties were legendary and supposedly at this show, Vince attends the after uh, party and he's beaming. He's proud of his match and uh, it was smiles all around. Do you remember the WrestleMania 22 after party at all? Yeah, it was pretty lively. You know, a lot, a lot of the people go there to drink and eat and uh, watch the WrestleMania that just transpired. And, you know, Vince came in and he was beaming. He was in a great mood and rightfully so. He had an awesome match that night and I'm sure he wanted to celebrate along with everybody else. Let's, uh, let's keep it moving here and talk about some more news and notes as we head into the show, specifically, uh, the ratings for SmackDown. We've recently talked about in our no way out 2006 episode that you had just moved to SmackDown because Batista had gone down with an injury and the brand needs a top star. Uh, not only that, but SmackDown back in September of 05 moved to Friday nights for the first time. It's averaging 4.9 million viewers in January. Uh, which is down from 5.56 million the prior January, but that's pretty strong because the numbers are on the rise. So in November, they were doing 4.3 million. You come over to the show and ta-da, it's 4.9. Uh, you were good for ratings here, Bubba. That's a 600,000 spike right there. I guess so. I, I guess, you know, the fans wanted more Kurt angle. I don't know. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about how things have changed, uh, with regards to Goldberg. He did an interview with wrestlingmag.com back then. And he says, whenever I think of WWE, I want to throw up needless to say, I left it. Uh, it left a bad taste in my mouth. I was appalled at the way WWE chose to alter my character. And of course he's referencing where they had him wear a gold dust wig and a skit. Uh, and he even said he'd been watching TNA and to never say never about the idea of him coming back to wrestling, perhaps with TNA. What was your relationship with Goldberg? It feels like he was pretty bitter towards wrestling when he left after the first WWE stint. Well, you know, Bill was uh, a complex individual, but he, he was easy to work with. Uh, you know, nobody had problems working with him, but, uh, you know, what they did with him in or the early two thousands, when he first came into WWE, they didn't book him right. Goldberg made a lot of money for WCW by being dominant, a beast, he dominated the matches. They were two to three minutes tops that raised eyebrows, raising eyebrows makes money for the company and WWE booked him when he came in, in the early two thousands, he was doing 10 to 12 to 15 minute matches. And it just wasn't the bill Goldberg that people remember from WCW. And, you know, when he had the match with Brock Lesnar, that only lasted 15 seconds, that was the right call. That's the Goldberg that people want to see. And it does raise eyebrows and that the raising eyebrows makes money for the company. And, you know, Bill Goldberg, I understand why he was bitter. Uh, you know, I, I think that, you know, the whole thing with gold dust and, you know, the whole situation where he was a little worried, concerned about his character. I, I don't think that was really anything that hurt him. I think that what hurt him was having him wrestle longer. Right. 
WWE's biggest two-night event is this weekend in Tampa, Florida, and to celebrate this historic event, DraftKings, an official gaming partner of WWE, is putting you in the center of the action with $50,000 up for grabs this weekend. Each night of WrestleMania, you will have a $25,000 free-to-play contest. You'll be playing for your share of $50,000, and it's easy. All you've got to do is download that DraftKings app, sign in using the promo code ANGLE, and then enter DraftKings free-to-play WrestleMania pool. You'll answer questions like, who will make a surprise appearance? And who is walking away victorious? The customers with the most correct answers will get their share of the $50,000 in prizes that's all up for grabs throughout the weekend. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to its players since 2012, so they know a thing or two about those big paydays. Download the DraftKings app right now and use promo code ANGLE to enter free WrestleMania prediction challenges with $50,000 up for grabs all throughout this weekend. So use promo code ANGLE now and enter two free $25,000 contests each night of WrestleMania only at DraftKings, an official gaming partner of WWE. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Let's, uh, let's talk about New Zealand. Uh, there's a pretty random story here. I want to bring up, but SmackDown runs a show on March 4th in New Zealand. It turns out to be one of the biggest gates in company history. It's the first show in that country like this. That's been held outdoors. It's at a stadium. We've got nearly 20,000 fans. It draws a $1.4 million gate. You're in the main event that night. It's a triple threat match against the undertaker and Mark Henry. What do you remember about wrestling in New Zealand? That's not a question I can ask many wrestlers. It's a really cool country. You know, the, the animals are different over there. They have giraffes and kangaroos and koala bears. And, uh, but, but I, I enjoyed being there and, and the crowd was awesome. I mean, we sold out the show and, uh, it was one of our best performances as far as a company, uh, you know, selling out to, a. Uh, for our first time going into that country, that that's impressive. Yeah. I mean, anytime you can, you know, pull that type of gate, you've done something right. Uh, we've talked a lot about your neck issues here on the show. It pops up in the observer here on April 3rd that you're going into this WrestleMania with yet another round of neck issues. Uh, it's reported uh, here. What's that? Bad luck. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tell us about what triggered this one. You've told us before you know, what some of those moments were, where something happened, is this in the no way out match that it happened or is there something else? Well, it happened, I believe when I wrestled Mark Henry at the Royal rumble mm. uh, that year. Uh, so it was about a month ahead, uh, before the no way out match with undertaker. And I, I broke four vertebrae in my neck and, uh, but I didn't have any disc problems. And if the discs would have slid into my spinal cord or blocked the nerve and, I didn't have use of my arms. I wouldn't have been able to wrestle, but I talked to my doctor. He said, you just have vertebrae cracked, uh, cracked vertebrae. And you can, you can wrestle if you're careful. Of course I wasn't careful, but I, you know, the doctor cleared me to wrestle and I was able to continue to wrestle. But by WrestleMania, um, that year, my neck was almost on the complete mend. Well, that's great to hear. Uh, let's talk about drug testing. The WWE would make the news again because, uh, on March 20th, they're going to report their first drug test. It happens at tapings in Memphis. Both rosters are there that day. And, uh, the report would say that there's a lot of different facets to these drug tests. Not only, 
uh, anabolic steroids, but other drugs that are known as steroid precursors and any sort of a hint of that, or perhaps even a masking agent that's going to get you in some trouble. They're testing for recreational stuff too, whether it was illegal or not, and even prescription drugs. And if there's positive tests for prescription drugs, the report says the talent has five days to uh, show a valid doctor's prescription. And the results of these tests were supposed to come in after WrestleMania. And there's lots of armchair quarterbacking online about that. Were you nervous about this new drug testing protocol? I, I know at this particular time, you're battling a neck injury that we just documented and you're still on the road. So it feels like the tendency with a lot of the guys over the years is you got to do whatever it takes to sort of keep the train on the tracks. You don't want to lose your spot and lose your income. What's going through your mind when you realize, oh man, we're, we're doing an about face here on the way we've handled our business in this regard. Well, I was covered because I had a prescription from my doctor. And back then you could take the prescription, uh, the pain medication, if you had a legitimate prescription, um, you know, they, they don't allow you to do that anymore. I think you have to have surgery in order to use any type of, uh, painkillers. So back then it was still okay to do that. And I, I was able to take them while I was still wrestling because I was prescribed by a doctor, the pain medication. Let's talk about some news involving uh, your old pal, Randy Orton. He's in some controversial spots after WrestleMania, two days after WrestleMania. In fact, uh, so I guess that's after my timeline's right. It's right after the big show and raw, He's suspended for 60 days for unprofessional conduct. This is the report from the observer. We don't have full details of the story, but we do know is this, there's been a series of incidents that date back to January. Uh, it is those behavioral problems that led to the decision to bring in Kurt angle after the Royal rumble as champion, instead of just putting the title on Orton, another incident happened around late February, although the exact time may be off a week or two, I believe it happened shortly after no way out. And since then he has won a match to get the title shot. They apparently decided against suspending him immediately because of WrestleMania. The decision was made to punish him and he's been fined in the interim and probably on more than one occasion. Uh, it was this incident that led to the decision to not give him the title at WrestleMania, which was the long-term plan before Batista was injured. There was a feeling his behavior was getting out of control in recent weeks, and then it was only going to get worse. The final straw is something he did in Chicago in the days leading up to WrestleMania. The only thing we could find out is that it caused a near disaster and is being kept under wraps. Boy, Meltzer said a lot there without saying much at all. What can you tell us? What was going on with Randy Orton here? I don't know what was going on with Randy. I do know this, you know, when he started wrestling, he was only 18 years old and he was on WWE television. By the time he was 20, he was a kid and kids are going to make mistakes, especially, uh, you know, someone that's, uh, is, you know, when you're 18, 19, 20 years old, you're immature and you're going to make bad decisions and we all make mistakes. And especially when we're younger. So Randy grown to a nice, fine young gentleman. Now he's, he's very responsible, uh, you know, but, but he had to go through his growing pains. He, he was a kid when he started, yeah. you know, that's the, that, that's the main reason why, you know, next month is a special anniversary, the anniversary of when Kurt Angle lost his hair. You remember uh, edge gave him a little trim there at judgment day in Nashville. It's too bad that Kurt didn't know about keeps. But he does know about keeps now. Two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35. 
More than 50 million men in the United States suffer from male pattern baldness. And there are only two, two FDA approved medications that can prevent hair loss. Keeps offers both. Keeps offers a simple stress-free way to keep your hair. Thankfully, you don't have to wrestle edge for it. You get a convenient virtual doctor consultation and medications all delivered straight to your door every three months. And you don't even have to leave your home. This is also a low cost opportunity for you. Treatments start at just $10 per month and keeps offers generic versions. You get discreet packaging and proven results and keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see those results. So you need to act fast. And if you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash Kurt to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K E P P S.com slash Kurt to get your first month for free. That's keeps.com forward slash Kurt. That's K E E P S.com slash Kurt K E E P S.com slash Kurt. And, uh, let's celebrate a happy anniversary when you made a decision to keep more of your own hair at keeps.com slash Kurt. Yeah. And he's been honest about that, that, and you can even probably, uh, refer to some of his appearances on like stone cold's broken skull sessions and all that. I'm sure they talk about all this stuff, but it's, it's a maturation process. You got to appreciate this is not only a young person, but a young person who is now almost overnight, a millionaire. Uh, that's a lot of success very quickly. And they're not only a wealthy young person, but they're on tour and they're a famous person. So everywhere they go, they're getting lots of attention. And that's a combination that can usually lead to some problems and some questionable decision-making. I know it would have been for me fair to say. Oh yes. I mean, when you're famous and you're making a lot of money, you have responsibility to be a role model to the community. And, you know, with Randy making the decisions he made, they weren't the smartest decisions. I also made bad decisions and, you know, and I was even older than Randy, a lot older making the wrong decisions I made. So I understand, you know, what Randy had to go through and he just had to mature a little bit. Let's talk about, uh, the build as we start to, uh, set up this WrestleMania match, your first SmackDown after no way out is at the Richmond Coliseum in Richmond, Virginia. You're not on the show that night, but you're wrestling for the fans in attendance in a dark match. Uh, you would defeat Mark Henry, Randy Orton, and the undertaker there in a fatal four way, but two big things happened on the show that fans actually saw at home. Teddy long made a match for the following week between you and the undertaker. Uh, and despite the night before when Randy Orton defeated Rey Mysterio, Teddy long puts Rey Mysterio in the main event of WrestleMania anyway. Is this a little weird for you to be fresh off of a pay-per-view like this and you're not on the show, or is it sometimes smart to, uh, you know, make the champion a special attraction? Well, I don't know what occurred that night. I, I know that, uh, I, I'm, did Randy wrestle Ray that night? You know, uh, I, I believe he did. Yeah. Yeah. I think what they wanted to do was they had a straight baby and a straight heel and I was more of a tweener. I was uh, making my way back to babyface from heel, and uh, I was getting a lot of momentum. And I think that they wanted to keep me out of the picture and have Ray get some sympathy by Randy getting heat on Ray and beating him. And uh, so I get the whole thing why they didn't want me on the show. 
And uh, because I would have affected uh, Ray's sympathy uh, or, or amount of sympathy he would have got, gotten because I was starting to turn baby face and I was going to turn into a really strong baby face. The next week, SmackDown's in DC. It's a big rematch from No Way Out as we sort of laid out. It's you and The Undertaker. And it's a really long TV match. You know, this is the era where you're getting three, four, five, six, maybe an eight minute match on TV. You guys go 28 minutes and 22 seconds. Uh, the undertaker wins by DQ and it's another great match. Just like at no way out. Uh, the undertaker seems like he's getting the upper hand and hits the tombstone. But what do you know? Mark Henry shows up and just lays waste to the undertaker that causes a DQ. Uh, and they even have Mark splash the undertaker through the announce table, which is super impressive. Uh, do you remember this match? Because this is one that helped really put Mark Henry on the, on the map and let everybody know he's wrestling the undertaker at WrestleMania. Yes. I remember the match. The match was almost as good as our no way out match. It, it was awesome. And we had, we had all the time in the world to tell a great story and we told it as best as we could. And Mark Henry made a huge impact that night and showed that he was serious, a serious competitor at WrestleMania against the undertaker. It was a great segment. And I think that Mark Henry, um, got a lot of momentum with that segment. I want to briefly take a time out here and talk about how you were changing some things in your presentation. Um, you're wrestling a different style boot here. It looks less like a wrestling boot and more like a sneaker. Why the change? Well, one night I had to do a run in, uh, which is when you run down the ramp and you get in the ring and you get heat on a wrestler. And uh, I had to go down there in my street clothes and I had my sneakers on and I ran down the ring and I got in and my kicks and stomps were sharper. I was quicker. I had more mobility and I thought, damn, why am I wearing boots? I'm going to start wearing sneakers. So it, it just helped my performance more, made me quicker. And, uh, I had a lot more mobility and I was, uh, real sharp with my kicks and stomps and it just worked out a lot better. So I never looked back. I never wore boots again. That was it. The main event of the show on March 10th is you teaming with Ray Mysterio against Randy Orton and Mark Henry. You guys get 14 minutes and Meltzer really liked it. Uh, the undertaker would show up here and challenge Mark Henry to a casket match afterwards. What'd you think of, uh, teaming with Mysterio? I mean, in a, in another world, that could have been a really fun tag team to have an extended run, huh? Oh yes. I loved working with Ray, whether I was wrestling him or teaming up with him. He was a lot of fun. He's very innovative. He does a lot of high flying, very exciting to watch. And, you know, being in his tag team partner that night was really cool. Today, we're welcoming a new sponsor to the show. IP vanish VPN. Here's a little bit about IP vanish VPN. If you care about the security of your online activity, IP Vanish VPN is a quick and easy way to start protecting yourself. Rated 4.7 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot, IP Vanish provides an encrypted connection for all of your internet traffic, helping to prevent websites, Wi-Fi providers, and even hackers from intercepting your data. Help keep your financial details, personal information, and online activity safe from threats with IP Vanish. Get started with this limited time offer and save 50% off monthly and annual subscriptions. Visit ipvanish.com forward slash angle. That's ipvanish.com forward slash angle. And we thank IP Vanish VPN for sponsoring the Kurt Angle Show. And welcome aboard, guys. It's true. It's damn true. You're protected with ipvanish.com forward slash angle.
there was a, this is a taped show. So when it actually airs, you know, they can edit out some of the missteps, but one of those was uh, a series of blown table spots is the way it was described or screwed up table spots. I think is the phrase that Meltzer used. It feels like you've had terrible luck with tables. Uh, do you remember what happened here? Oh, you know what? The table just gave way. And, uh, one time it didn't break the other one. It just fell before we even did the move. Uh, it, it was really, it was a nightmare. Thank God the show was taped because we were able to fix it and, uh, show the, the better spot to the audience at home watching on TV. So I'm just glad that it was taped. And, uh, I felt bad for the audience that night that was at the arena. Cause they saw the, the shitty spots that we did. And, uh, it was, it was a little embarrassing. On March 17th, the following week on SmackDown, we've got like a three box interview with yourself, Randy Orton and Ray Mysterio. Randy's essentially hijacking the interview and taunting you both, but you're both sort of teasing and talking about Saturday night's main event, but you have to do so in code. And this is one of those delicacies you have when you're on so many different stations. UPN of course is the home of SmackDown, but NBC is going to be hosting Saturday night's main event. So instead of getting to actually plug the show. I think UPN required you guys to just say, quote unquote, in Detroit. So when you're teasing the match, you can't say this weekend on NBC or Saturday night's main event. You just have to say in Detroit. Is that something you had to be coached through? I mean, this feels like this is a little different than normal, but you got to make the TV stations happy, right? Yes. We, we, we were told several times before we did the promo that we had to uh, not uh, recognize NBC. So, uh, we, you know, we, we, we did the best we could. We kept them out of the picture. So we, we did what we were told. Let's talk about Saturday night's main event briefly. Again, we just did a full episode of this with Bruce over on something to wrestle, uh, but it's SmackDown versus raw in the main event The show's going to go, uh, or the match is going to go 11 minutes and uh, 40 seconds. Uh, and it opens the show on NBC, which was typical for Saturday night main events. Your main event would start. Uh, we would have triple H turn on Cena and help, uh, Orton, uh, but Mysterio, who's a good guy stops Orton from winning that way. So triple H pedigrees him too, but somehow in all the chaos, Cena gets the win and Meltzer would write that this is a loud and clear message being sent that the raw wrestlers are quote on a higher plane than the SmackDown wrestlers, because in a SmackDown versus raw match, triple H laid out Ray Mysterio and John Cena with pedigrees. And then Cena defeated the entire SmackDown team, three main eventers all by himself. Do you remember feeling like that was some odd creative? I mean, it does feel a little bit like it's a clean sweep for raw. Well, I believe the whole segment was strictly for John Cena. I think that, um, they want him to look invincible, unbeatable, and that he could actually beat three people one time. So this whole match was structured for John. Don't forget. Triple H gave John the pedigree and John still was able to win the match. So uh, even though Triple H got his stuff in, John fought back out of that and actually won the match. So this was all focused on John Cena and trying to make this guy the man of the company. There you go. That's a better way to look at it. Uh, SmackDown, March 24th. We're nine nights away from WrestleMania and we're in Memphis. Uh, it's a main event with Mark Henry and yourself, Henry actually gets the win in nine minutes and 27 seconds, but it took interference from Orton and Mysterio. 
Uh, you've talked a little bit about working with Mark before, uh, he was a, a favorite opponent of yours at this point. It feels like even the international tours, you're working with Mark quite a bit. You know, it took Mark and I a while to have some good chemistry, but we eventually got there and we had some great matches. I enjoyed working with him. He's, he, he is a incredible athlete. He has explosion and uh, strength like no other, but he, he's also very light. He gets up for you when you, whenever you slam him or give him, you know, the angle slam or German, he gets up nice and high. Uh, I never had a problem work with Mark. He's actually a great worker. Here we are the go home edition of SmackDown, March 31st. It's you and Mysterio getting into it. Uh, you're in the main event against Mysterio. You get the win in 15 minutes and 23 seconds. Meltzer would say angle and Mysterio had a good little match. Lots of Eddie chance at the finish. Mysterio went for the six one nine, but angle grabbed his leg as he swung and caught it with the ankle lock and Mysterio tapped angle left. Orton then came from under the ring and gave Mysterio the RKO and tells angle he's winning the title. And then angle and Orton brawl angle hits the angle slam and puts the ankle lock on Orton. And he's tapping as the show goes off the air. And here we are. It's time. The main event, uh, it's WrestleMania 22. It's the main event every single year. It's what every wrestler builds to the whole company, uh, sort of builds their brand around this one show. And it was well received by the fans. It got 81.6% thumbs up five and a half percent thumbs down. 12.9% thumbs in the middle. Uh, when it came time to the, uh, best match poll in the wrestling observer fans were blown away by edge and Mick Foley. It got 282 votes. The money in the bank ladder match got 176 votes. John Cena and triple H got 109 votes. And then your three-way match got 84 votes. Uh, and unbelievably Shawn Michaels and Vince McMahon even got 79 votes for best match poll. Uh, you know, I, I'm sure this is probably mixed emotions. Me knowing you, you want to be a competitor. You want to win. You want to have the best match, but when five, I guess, yeah, five different matches get votes for best match. It really was WrestleMania. Every match could have been the main event, right? Oh yeah. It was a great WrestleMania spectacular. And we had some great performances. Uh, you know, I'm not surprised that there were five matches that people uh, voted for best match it, and, and everybody got a lot of votes. It, it wasn't just, you know, uh, edge, it, you know, getting 200, whatever votes, you know, Vince and Sean got 70 something votes. Yeah. Uh, that's impressive. So having five matches that got that high of votes is, is really impressive. It's really good. It tells you the fans got their money's worth for sure. It can be a little frustrating, especially if you're in a hurry or running late to find yourself at a railway crossing, waiting for a train. And if the signals are going and the train's not even there yet, you may feel a bit tempted to try and sneak across the tracks. Well, don't ever to the naked eye trains often appear to be further away and moving slower than they are. And they can't stop quickly. And even if the engineer hits the emergency brakes right away, it can take a train over a mile to stop over a mile to stop by that time. It's too late. And the result is a potential deadly crash. The point is you can't know how quickly the train will arrive. The train can't stop quickly. And even if it sees you, it ends in disaster. If the signals are on, the train is on its way and you just need to remember one thing. Stop. Trains can't paid for by NHTSA. Let's talk about the crowd that night. Chicago, I think is the 
wrestling epicenter, at least here of America. I think it's the best wrestling town, but Meltzer would say that this crowd was unique in their reactions and that the company expected John Cena would be booed out of the place, but they didn't expect Mysterio and Trish to be booed. And Meltzer would even be critical saying that Jim Ross almost insulted the fans saying they were trying to be defiant like they do in cities like Toronto. But in Meltzer's opinion, the booing of Mysterio wasn't a rejection of him as much as they loved Kurt angle. You were there that night. Would you agree with that assessment? They're not necessarily booing Ray or his talents. They were just, they were in a Kurt angle mood that day. Yes. I, I was turning baby face and I was having a nice run as champion and uh, my whole wrestling character, the wrestling machine started and, you know, we had, we were running full circle with that. So uh, the fans really took to that wrestling character, the wrestling machine. And uh, I remember, you know, the fans were uh, cheering for Kurt Angle. They, you know, the fans are going to cheer for who they want to cheer for. Uh, there's nothing you can do about that. I'm just surprised that they were actually booing Ray. That that was a little harsh. I'm not sure why, but they just preferred Kurt Angle to win that night. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, the booing Meltzer would write the company expected the booing of Cena to the point. The company came up with an explanation. The booing of Cena is because the traditional fan base respects triple H as the better wrestler, because he's the biggest star in wrestling. Now, uh, there were more than a few people laughing since triple H had badmouthed Kurt angle saying he was cheered against Cena in their program because he didn't know how to play heel. As the story goes with triple H, it's not the same thing. It's because the crowd recognizes him as the best wrestler in the company. You can insert your own punchline. So this is the second time in our very brief history here on the show, Kurt, where it's come up, where there's a report that triple H is supposedly quote unquote, burying you backstage. Did you hear any of these reports when you were actually wrestling there? Or was this strictly for the newsletter? This was strictly for the newsletter. I didn't hear anything backstage of Triple H burying me. Uh, but, you know, he's entitled to his opinion. I, I can't do anything about that. I, I don't agree with him. I think that John Cena, you know, and when he came up through the ranks, when he started, he was uh, booked as invincible. He hardly ever lost. You know, they did the same thing with Roman Reigns, and look what happened. You know, it yeah. took a long for the fans to get with Roman. Uh, so the fans are a little bit rebellious. They, they don't want a guy that's dominant or un invincible. They want a guy that's vulnerable, that could win or lose at any time. And John was always booked to win. And, and also, Triple H and I were veterans. We were better known at the time. Cena was an upcoming talent. So they, they, they were able to uh, recognize us as, um, you know, more formidable opponents and, and, uh, you know, the more popular wrestlers. So, you know, it's, it's an uphill battle for John because they booked them so quickly into the main event that, uh, as a baby face, that's really hard to do as a heel. I did that my rookie year. I went up through the ranks as a heel, but I was getting booed. Cena was also getting booed and he was a baby face. So, you know, uh, you know, triple H and I being the more you know, experienced veterans, people knew us better than John. Let's, uh, let's talk about the match itself here. It got three and a half stars in the observer. Mysterio gets a huge ring entrance. He's even got the band POD playing his entrance music. He's got this big Mayan headdress. Uh, it's a coming out party for Mysterio. what do you think of the, uh, the live bands playing the entrance themes? Was that something you thought was a cool touch or sort of unnecessary? 
That's what WrestleMania is all about. And I don't blame Ray for doing that. It was his night. He was winning the world title. The only issue was it went so long. <laughs> you know, we had, we had like 21 minutes for our match, including entrances. And, and, and the entrance was pretty long as it was. So my, my entrance was two minutes. Randy's was two minutes. Ray's had to be eight minutes. So, you know, you add that together, that's 12 minutes. We only had nine minutes to wrestle one of the co-main events, of WrestleMania. So we had to cut a lot of stuff. It was a really difficult match to do. And especially in the triple H or triple, uh, triple threat match, it's really hard to cut stuff out because you have to have all three people uh, in unison with each other, knowing what's going on next. How would you, how would you adjust for that? Did you know ahead of time, the entrance is eight minutes. Did you discover that in walkthroughs or do you have a match built? But once you're in the ring, you realize, oh shit, we don't have time for all this now. That's what happened when Ray came out and his entrance, he came out to the stage and then he went up a scaffold and went to the top of the Titan tries He's up there dancing around with his, uh, with his uh, costume on, it comes back down, comes down, celebrates, goes around the ring, gets in the ring, does his entrance. It, it seemed like forever. And the only thing I'm thinking is we're not going to have enough time. And and we didn't. So we had to cut some stuff out. And we we actually sped the match up. We, it was a higher-paced match because of that. Yeah, I can only imagine what's going through your mind there. Um it's a flame ray. I don't forget this was Ray Mysterio's night. This yes. was his first world title. And you know, he was doing it for Eddie. So I don't blame Ray for that. I think that it was a great idea. I just wish we would have known beforehand. Uh, do you remember who the agent was for that match that night? The agent was either Pat Patterson or Johnny Laurinaitis. They're both very exceptional. So I'm not sure which one it was. Just wanted to take a second to tell you about all the great AnglePod merch over at BoxaGimmicks.com. It's the official store of the Kurt Angle Show and all of ad-free shows. BoxaGimmicks.com is where you can find Kurt Angle Show mugs, shirts, hoodies, and more. So if you're looking to show off your love of the Kurt Angle Show, head on over to BoxaGimmicks.com. It's a fast-paced, excellent match with an abrupt finish. Orton hits Angle with a belt shot. Mysterio comes off the ropes, but Orton hits him with a backdrop. Orton's behind Mysterio and then Angle gets behind Orton and lifts basically German suplexing Orton who in turn threw Mysterio into orbit. Uh, it's probably one of the most recognizable spots of the match. Who came up with that idea? Was that one of you guys or maybe Pat's? It was my idea, uh, but Ray came up with the innovative way of getting into it where he came out of the corner, did a wheelbarrow kind of move with Randy where Randy his legs went around Randy's waist and Randy lifted him up, set him back on his feet. And I got behind Randy and then we just went together and I German both of them and Ray flew like all the way across the ring. It was really cool spot, but uh, it was my idea, but Ray came up with the innovative way of doing it. At one point um, we've got Mysterio being thrown into a hurricane Rana onto Orton. And now the crowd is chanting, let's go angle. And they turn on Mysterio and they start booing his offense. They're even booing his attempt at his finisher, which is the six one nine. And they're cheering when you do the ankle lock, just like we saw on TV, Mysterio's tapping, but Orton has the referee, Charles Robinson distracted. So Charles misses it. Then you try the ankle lock on Orton and Orton's tapping, but now Mysterio has Charles distracted. Orton hits the RKO on you, but you kick out. And it says here that uh, angle was being booked at Superman since he was losing the title. 
You did the belly to belly off the top rope on Orton. Mysterio nails uh, you with the six one nine, and then he does the uh, springboard Thez press, but you kick out, and then you do the angle slam on Orton for a near fall. Mysterio knocks you out of the ring and does a six one nine on Orton, and uh, then a, a springboard Hurricane Rada for the pin. And the crowd has booed you or booed Mysterio rather the entire match. But then when he wins, they cheer, although maybe not the way it should have been. That's the report from the observer. My take on that has always been sometimes fans will have their favorites and they'll boo and they'll cheer. But if something major happens like a title change, they'll cheer because they witness something important. Does that make sense? Yes. I just think that was the preference that night. And, uh, you know, Chicago can be a little bit, um, of a different crowd they, you know, they, they kind of beat to a, the, or dance to the beat of a different drum. Uh, they're not typical fans. They, they respond differently and they, they were behind Kurt Angle that night. They just wanted to see Kurt Angle dominate and win. And, you know, Ray, it was disappointing to see that happen to Ray cause it's never happened to him before. And, uh, you know, he's such a strong baby face and you would think that anybody would cheer for Ray to win the match, but I was making my way back as baby face. And I think the fans wanted Kurt Angle to retain the title that night in Chicago. Let's talk a little bit about that because, you know, and I know we're going to talk about this more in the future, but it does feel like Vince McMahon had to come around and almost be sold on the idea that Ray Mysterio could be one of his top guys and world champion. But then he obviously acquiesces. We have the right story here with the tribute to Eddie. And even after, you know, the match, we see Chavo and Vicky Guerrero coming out to congratulate him. So it is a feel good moment, but I can't help, but wonder had this match and his big moment happened anywhere other than Chicago. Do you think Ray's reign may have went a little differently because the celebration and the reaction from the crowd doesn't feel like maybe what you expected based on the story. And I just wonder how much of that was Chicago just having their favorites and their own sort of attitude towards the performers. I think it had a lot to do with it because, you know, like I said before, Ray Mysterio has never been booed out of a building. Right. And uh, this was a first time for him. And I think that Vince McMahon saw that as, Oh, okay. Maybe Ray isn't quite as over as I thought he was. Right. And, and I think that might've affected Ray's title run, but the whole match was based on Eddie Guerrero and his remembrance. So, you know, Ray winning the title, nobody was going to stop that. And that was the right decision because Eddie Guerrero and Ray Mysterio deserved it. Meltzer would write while Mysterio was booed during his match, he was not booed at winning. He couldn't be booed afterwards since he broke down and cried while being congratulated by Chavo and Vicky. But the reaction was nowhere near what was expected. Part of the reason was it was such a pro angle crowd, but also the match was too short and the people hadn't been drawn in at a deep level to explode at the outcome. Mysterio angle and Orton were going in the direction of having a classic WrestleMania match when with no build Mysterio, uh, Mysterio pinned Orton, the people simply weren't ready to pop big. That's a, there's a lot to unpack with what Meltzer says there. Perhaps you did Ray a disservice by putting Kurt Angle in the match since the fans were so for him. He can't just be the sort of standalone baby face. Maybe it should have been against two heels. And yeah, maybe the entrance or the placement on the card hurt it because these WrestleMania shows were loaded. You know, do you think in hindsight we should have shortened the entrance or should you guys have, or could you have just gone long? And I know that I'm asking something silly here, but 
Shawn Michaels had a reputation and so did triple H for they're going to go as long as they want to. And I realized that's because they're Sean and triple H, but had you gone long and the match was well-received, would it have been disastrous when you walk back through the curtain? Is there really like a, uh, two sets of rules, one for Sean and triple H one for everybody else. Or was that not an option? Well, I just never made it an option. I always tried to end my matches on time because that's what I was told. Uh, the only match that I ever went over on was my match with Shawn Michaels at sure. WrestleMania 21. So I, I think that, you know, and to some degree, those guys are on a different level and they have a better understanding with Vince that they're going to go along. They might have the reputation of doing that, but I didn't want that reputation. I wanted to be a team player and make sure that I ended up on time. Uh, Mysterio's title win from a historical standpoint was the most noteworthy event on the show at five, two and 165 pounds. Oscar Gutierrez 31 is by far the smallest man to ever hold a major world's heavyweight title in the history of pro wrestling. The idea for him to win had been bounced around since the, uh, since the death of Eddie Guerrero in November. And the plan was for him to get it at some point this year. Mysterio was the plan after the Guerrero death. And then it changed to Randy Orton. From the booking in recent weeks, it became clear since Mysterio was either beaten or if not beaten down by the top guys at almost every turn that he was going over. Uh, most seemed to expect it. And I believe the booing in the crowd was probably people who fully expected him to win, but felt that angle should retain that's directly from the observer in hindsight. This does feel like, you know, a, a bittersweet moment for Ray Mysterio. I mean, to this day, he's the greatest you know, luchador in, in American wrestling history, but just strip that away. Probably one of the most exciting and dynamic performers ever in America, but because of the circumstance with Eddie's death and, and you turning back babyface and some changes with Randy Orton behind the scenes and it's in Chicago and it's short. It was just a combination of things that led to this being less than ideal. Would, would that be fair to say? I agree with all those concepts. I think that that all affected Ray's uh, run as champion. And, you know, the, 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 the crowd just was in the Kurt angle and there was nothing you could do about it. The match being short didn't help. Um, you know, all the changes they made throughout the schedule during the last two months before WrestleMania, Batista getting hurt, Eddie Guerrero passing in November, uh, you know, Randy getting the suspension, just a lot of things were occurring. And I think the, 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 the writers came up with a, a good enough concept of, of keeping the program going. And I just feel badly that Ray Mysterio wasn't able to relish in the moment at WrestleMania with the crowd cheering for him. That's what he deserved. Where would you rank this as, you know, your WrestleMania matches? I mean, we've recently covered, you know, your match with Shawn Michaels. And we also covered, uh, we talked a little bit about your match with Eddie Guerrero. Uh, and we very recently, you know, covered your other WrestleMania match, but with Brock Lesnar, where would you put this one? Is this near the top of the list? Is it, uh, wh wh where, where does this one fall? I mean, it, it is a big moment for a great friend of yours, but it's not the last match and it is short and it didn't exactly get the desired result. I mean, it's not the Baron Corbin match, but wh where, where does this one fall? Well, it's not my top five and it has a lot to do with, uh, time issues, you know, only going nine minutes, uh, for a, a main event of WrestleMania. That's, that's very difficult. And, you know, I, I just think that 
uh, we, we, you know, we kind of robbed ourselves of a very special match. It could have been extremely, extremely good match, you know, five-star match. If we would have had the right amount of time, uh, due to Ray's entrance and, you know, not the, the, the office, not giving us the 25, 30 minutes. And I think it was because it was a triple threat match and they were expecting more action in for it to be shorter. But, uh, you know, I, I think that we should have had 25, 30 minutes for the match. I think that, um, the crowd would eventually came for Ray, uh, if, if that was the case. You've told us what it was like in the other matches. I got to ask here, you come back through the curtain afterwards. Uh, what's the root, what's the mood like in gorilla? Do you have a moment with Ray? Do you have a moment with Vince? What can you tell us? Yeah, well, I had moments with both and you know, it was, it was a very special night. You know, this is Ray's first title world title. And, you know, Vince was really happy with the match. Uh, he didn't say anything about time issues. I'm sure he was a little pissed off at Ray's entrance being a lot longer than it was, but, uh, there was nothing we could do about that. But, um, everybody was happy with the match. It was good enough to be on WrestleMania. It's just the time issue was a problem. Let's jump to some questions. By the way, if you've got a question, you can ask it on Twitter. If you haven't already, you need to follow us on Twitter. Uh, we've got a lot of great topics coming your way too. Uh, I can't wait for us to run down the list. Let's go ahead and do that now, actually, uh, because we do have the schedule mapped out, uh, for the rest of the year and, uh, coming up next week. Well, it's WrestleMania again, it's WrestleMania X seven. You're going to wrestle Chris Benoit here. Uh, do you remember that match fondly? Is that one you're proud of? Or is that a more forgettable WrestleMania appearance for you? No, I, I was re- really proud of that match. Uh, Chris and I always had great chemistry, and, and he was an intense individual, just like me. And I always loved wrestling him. He, he was a lot of fun to work with. I felt like I was, you know, wrestling myself. And uh, he was really technical, and uh, he had a lot of explosion, just a lot of assets that I had. And uh, he reminded me a lot of myself. Well, the angle pod is our handle on Twitter. If you've got a question about that show, just cruise over right now and ask it at the angle pod. That's where you can keep a a heads up of everything we're going to be doing here. The man of the nineties wants to know, Kurt, did you ever have any hesitations about selling for a person, the size of Ray Mysterio? (laughs) No, I didn't have any hesitations. Ray is an exceptional athlete. His high flying is impressive. You know, working in the ring with him is a lot of fun. You do a lot of bumping and selling, you catching Ray quite a bit. And, you know, you have to be his post for him when he does his moves. And, uh, it, it's, it's a lot of work, but it's a lot of fun. And Ray is just a joy to work with. Here's a fun one that we, I never really thought about, but I guess this makes sense. Umar Khan wants to know, do you feel like it would have been a bigger moment had Ray pinned you instead of Randy Orton? Well, that wasn't going to happen. They were trying to protect me at that particular time. Um, you know, my wrestling machine character and, uh, you know, they, they had me finish strong at WrestleMania 22. I mean, I, I didn't lose the match. Um, you know, I made both of them tap out without the ref looking. They, they made me look as strong as possible without winning or retaining the title. And, uh, you know, that, that, that's, you know, that's, that's what they did with me. Uh, here's another one. This is from wrestling with fiction. What's it like entering WrestleMania as the heavyweight champion? Does it feel different to walking in as the challenger? I guess from a positioning standpoint and a poster standpoint that mo- there might be something to that. What say you? Well, you know, as champion, you get a lot more recognition, but you know, being the challenger, it's almost the same thing. 
you're both main eventing WrestleMania. It's for the world title. Doesn't really matter who has the title. Uh, it's going to matter who comes out of it with the t- title. So I, I, I didn't really see a difference in either one. I, I, I wrestled, I was world champion twice, uh, and I lost both titles at WrestleMania. And the other one, I was a challenger against Eddie Guerrero, and he retained the title. So I've never won a world title WrestleMania, so I don't know how it feels. That's funny. This is Paul Bromwell reminding you that now is the time to take the leap and join adfreeshows.com. The recent WWE Hall of Fame announcement regarding Eric Bischoff was huge and some would say way overdue. And believe it or not, the first live event he requested was an interactive Zoom call with every member of the ad-free shows community. The best part? His wife, Lori Bischoff, joined as well, and they both chatted directly with many of our members. Take a listen as Lori shares what Eric being in the Hall of Fame means to her. Um, I am I am on cloud nine all this week. Something has happened that has been long awaited and well deserved. And um, you probably most of you know that we have we will be celebrating our 37th wedding anniversary this summer. And um, and we were together a couple years before that. So we've been on this whole journey together. Uh, our, our story began before wrestling. Uh, you know, that that part of the story. So uh, I've been along for an amazing ride and it has been quite the um, magical journey. It's been sort of like going to the fair <laughs> and you just, you know, between the roller coaster and the house of mirrors and, and <laughs> you know, the spin art and all the, all the goodies that come with it. Don't forget uh, the horror show. You got to throw in the horror show. <laughs> no, no, no real horrors. Just lots of, uh, just lots of thrill rides, but but it's been amazing and I'm so proud of him and, and I can't wait to be there to, to see this all unfold and and it's a good time now. It's a really good time. So he's he's my guy and I knew this was gonna happen. It was just a matter of time and I'm really proud of him. Thank you, babe. As a result of being a part of this experience firsthand, we had many people decide to level up. Member Matt Whitaker said as a result of that experience alone, he made the decision to be a top guy and is not looking back. So become a member today and enjoy all the interactive events and exclusive shows over at adfreeshows.com. Lots of questions in this vein. David wants to know, how is it working with Randy at this point? And of course, the insinuation there is with his sort of out of the ring problems uh, and he is going to face some disciplinary action. D- did any of that affect the match or was he easy to do business with from your standpoint at this point? No, Randy was great to work with. He, he was, he caught to it so quickly. It's in his blood. His dad had a lot of success as a pro wrestler. You obviously know that, but Randy was very talented, uh, from the beginning. He caught to the business so quickly and, you know, we, the stuff he did in the ring was exceptional. So I didn't have a problem working with Randy. He was great. Uh, Colin wants to know, would you have rather had this be a singles match with Ray or Orton, or did you like the triple threat singles match? I would have taken either one Ray Mysterio or Randy Orton, but you know, I, I, I thrive on singles matches. That's what I'm best at. And you know, I, I understand triple threats have to happen, occur every once in a while, but uh, I'm not crazy about them because 
I need to know what's going on at all times. I can't be not included in the match at a particular time. And I also like to, um, you know, when, when I want to calm the down crowd down and get them going again, I, I got to get my, my opponent in a rest hold and get them to, you know, get the crowd to calm down and get them uh, to start cheering again and uh, in the, in the way I want them to. So you have a lot more control in a singles match to uh, control the crowd and a triple threat. You don't have any control because you're not in control because there's three guys going at each other and cycling in and out of the ring. And, you know, there's just a lot of facets going on during the match. Dave Pearson wants to know which triple threat do you prefer this one or the vengeance 2002 match against undertaker and rock the vengeance 2002 without a doubt it, the match was a lot longer we were able to tell a great story and we had some incredible false finishes we actually did our own finishes uh on each other so you know i did um um the rocks finish rock uh rock bottom undertaker angle slam me yeah and uh you know rock did a choke slam on undertaker it was a lot more fun it, the match was uh priceless uh, making kayfabe wants to know what were some of the differences in wrestling someone of Rey Mysterio's size and speed compared to a quote unquote traditional performer. Well, Rey Mysterio is a high flyer. He's a luchador and you know, the, he's one, he's the best luchador in the, in the history of the business. So he's exceptional at what he does and, you know, wrestling a guy, a regular wrestler, that's a ground worker. You're not going to have any high flying techniques. So you know, Ray is special and, and he, he does it better than anybody else. He is at the absolute best at, at uh, you know, high flying. One last one. Then we'll wrap up this week's episode. Uh, do you know what the WrestleMania plan for you would have been? Had you not replaced Batista on SmackDown? The idea being, if you stuck around on raw, do you know what you would have been doing? I don't know. I know they had plans for me. I'm not sure what they were, but I'm sure it would have been a feature match. I don't think it would have been for the world title. I think they already had uh, Triple H and John Cena etched in stone. I wouldn't be surprised if I was going to have another match with Shawn Michaels. Uh, that, that was a possibility. I'm sure uh, they were thinking about that because of our previous match at WrestleMania and the matches we had after WrestleMania. I'm sure that they would like to restart that program up. And I would have loved wrestling Sean again at WrestleMania. Boy, if you'd have been doing that, you would have needed some protein. Do you know where we can get some protein these days? Right, Kurt? right here. Chicken snacks and snack smart plant protein. Tell you them all right about here. it. All right. These are chicken snacks. We have the snack smart plant protein. Also, uh, these are derived from chicken breast. The other ones are plant protein, organic plant protein. Uh, they're, they're, um, from physically fit nutrition, they're really great. They taste incredible. We have 11, 11 different flavors, um, high protein, low carbohydrate. Uh, you can get them at physicallyfit.com or you can order them on Amazon. So they're one way or the other. You can get these, order them. They're really good. They taste incredible. Conrad will tell you that. Yeah, absolutely. They're fantastic. We ordered a whole bunch for the office. I think uh, we're, people have gone back and forth, but they've settled in on uh, the Buffalo wing and blue cheese, I think is their favorite. I still prefer the Sriracha. I bought mine from physicallyfit.com, And when you go there, you can click where to buy and you can even type in your location and see what's nearest you. I've got three locations that are within driving distance. One that's only 2.3 miles from me. But if you're like me and still just prefer to order things online, if you go to physicallyfit.com and click on where to buy, 
at the bottom, you'll see that little tab that says order now online. If you click that link and uh, make your selections, you've got a special promo code where they can save some money too. Right, Kurt? Yes. The promo code is angle pod, A N G L E P O D. You get that, you get 20% off. So order now, check it out. It's over at physicallyfit.com. And of course, as he said, you can always order at Amazon, but why not get yourself some money in your pocket? Save a little bit, go to physicallyfit.com, save 20% angle pod is the place to do that. And by the way, if, uh, you're a wrestling collector and you don't have a Kurt angle autograph, what are you waiting for? If you go to KurtAnglebrand.com, it's super affordable. You've even got cameos there, but I can't believe this is real autographed cowboy hats. Kurt, what's the deal? <laughs> I have birthday cards, cowboy hats, milk cartons, uh, autograph photos. There's a lot, a lot of it going on at Ang- KurtAnglebrand.com. So get your, uh, you know, whatever merchandise you want, I'll sign it for you. Uh, you know, you can order it through PayPal, go to KurtAnglebrand.com to order. Check it out. KurtAnglebrand.com. And of course, physicallyfit.com. Make sure you pick up some chicken snacks. You're going to love them. Uh, they're a staple here at the office and in, in our household. You're going to love them. Even if you're looking for plant protein, they've got that too. We can't stress that enough. A bunch of different flavors too, by the way, not just Buffalo wings or Kurt's favorite Kung Pao. You got Sriracha. You got sweet barbecue. You got jalapeno ranch with peanuts and almonds. You got cinnamon swirl. I think Mrs. Angle likes the cinnamon swirl, right? He's crazy about cinnamon swirl. They were made specifically more for kids because they have a little more sugar in them and uh, the kids absolutely love them, but they're still healthy. They just have a little more sugar than the other ones. Check them out. It's physicallyfit.com. And don't forget next week, we're going to be back here for WrestleMania 17. And if you've got a question, you can ask it on Twitter right now until next time. He is Kurt angle. I am a, Hey, it's Conrad and we are out of time. We'll see you right here on the angle show. So if you follow me on Twitter, you know, I refer to myself as Conrad, the mortgage guy, and I actually used to program myself in my phone going back like, I don't know, 10 years. So whenever I would share my contact information with someone, I was easy to find in their phone. You know, it's easy to meet a person and then you sort of remember meeting them, but you don't correlate their name and what they do with their face. You know, does that make sense? So I just program myself in there as Conrad, the mortgage guy. And now that's what I call myself on Twitter. I believe in being easy to do business with, but don't take my word for it. Ask Steven up in Hobart, Indiana. He says, I had a great experience working with Derek was a breeze. He was always thorough and kept me in the loop to make sure I understood everything. It was very fast and helped me get a great rate. A big thank you to Derek and his entire team. Now, thank you, Steven, for the five-star review. The five-star reviews are piling up, man. If you want to save money, if you want to make this as painless and hassle-free as possible, you just got to try SaveWithConrad.com. That really is what my family wants to do, because Derek is my cousin, by the way. Let my family save your family some cash. You don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket, but we will save you money. It's not a matter if, it's a matter of how much. SaveWithConrad.com. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Hurry to SaveWithConrad.com. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.